Can I pull back the curtain for the listeners? Let's look behind the sausage. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm pulling back the sausage. <laughs> uh, we started recording this. I had a bad morning. I just like woke up and like I was grouchy because I couldn't find one of my earbuds. And I woke my ass. <laughs> and I was just like. I was sleeping on it. You were sleeping on it. And I was just like. And then you had to go hang out with family. And I. I, I Actually, getting getting breakfast with my family was a lot of fun. Um, other, other than it was I, great for me. 
Yeah, because you didn't go. All all that happened for you was that you got to sleep in, and then I brought you chicken and waffles. So you had a great time not getting breakfast. I mean, I didn't sleep great after you got up. <laughs> From that point on, it's kind of touch and go. But so so I I I put on my Crocs as I'm leaving. I get downstairs, and I'm like, oh, I've got these in flip flop mode. I need to switch these to all terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I sit on, there's a little couch in the lobby of our building, and I sit on the couch, and I'm, like, turning the strap from one side or the other of the croc, and it just rips out. It just, like, gone. And so, I gotta order a new pair of crocs. Um, So, I'm pissed off about that. I'm pissed off because I haven't had coffee yet. Uh, I'm pissed off because... I thought we were getting breakfast at 8, and we'd say 8.30, and that's not actually a big deal, but at the time, it felt like a big deal. Cause did you walk down there? Yeah, I walked over okay. there. It's not a, it's not a very long walk. No, I, but I just wasn't sure because when you came home and kissed me, you tasted sweaty, and I was like, "Wait a second, did she walk?" <laughs> it's not a long walk. Anyway, I just would have driven because I have a car, and I'm from well, Texas. <laughs> I should I should have driven, and I'll tell you why in a second. But we had we had breakfast. It was nice. They just got back from, um, my dad's like semi-retired now and is just like, like he spent like a month in Colombia. Uh, I don't really get his lifestyle these days, but that's between him and God, I guess. Um, I don't think he has money to retire on like that, but he seems to just not work anymore anyway. (laughs) Maybe your dad is into some business. Yeah, maybe my dad is selling drugs and I don't know. Anyway. Allegedly. Probably not. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he has the charisma for that. <coughs> I don't think he would know how to get drugs if he wanted or to. Or the people skills. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> I'm choking on a glass of milk. Don't mind me. Um, Eat another cookie. That'll solve it. Hi, listeners. We're back. We had to cut out some because I. I literally was just choking on this sip of milk. <laughs> anyway, Crash pants validated. Dark Souls text. <laughs> We got there, and we had a nice breakfast, and then um, this guy I know sat down at the table behind us, and I know him because he used to um, come into uh, the the coffee shop I used to work at and um, harass my coworkers um, and threaten them, and so I was like, oh god, because he sat behind us, and I'm facing away from him, like, I, I know who this is, but I can't turn around to look at him, because if he... If he recognizes me, there's going to be a problem. So then we had to, like, leave breakfast early, and that was annoying. <laughs> um, Weird. Yeah, and he was, like, like the he was kind of harassing our waiter, and I felt bad about that, but there's... I'm not getting involved. I'm, <laughs> um, did I tell you about the, the, the 7-Eleven thing? No. So the store I was working at that closed... Oh, you said this. In the- yeah, yeah. Like every business on that block is closed now because, like, like the Seven Eleven. Yeah, well, the Seven Eleven had to hire twenty four hour security, and what this? I was talking to this health inspector I know, and she told me the Seven Eleven hired to hire twenty four hour security, and two different security guards got injured. Uh, yeah. And so they closed the 7-Eleven because the, the security company is like, fuck this, we're not... <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. And without that, the 7-Eleven... So then when the 7-Eleven went, like, everything on that block went, it sounds like. I haven't been up there. Um, well, just, you know, your typical 
uh, coffee shop employees acting as like I mean, yeah, I was a bouncer. I was a bouncer. You were essentially a bouncer. Hey, that's a a new career path you could open up. A bouncer. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be like, you're kind of scrawny for a bouncer, and I'll just tell them some shit I've been through working at large coffee shop corporation. They'll be like, damn, okay. (laughs) This is when you graduate from cat to, like, jaguar. (laughs) So anyway, I, I... I came home, and then I saw bad tweets, and I was mad about that, and, um... Seems like basketball people are crazy. Basketball people... Anybody who doesn't agree with me about basketball is wrong, and I'm mad at them. I think it's specifically... There was one type of fan that you... We don't need to get into specifics. We do not need to get into specifics. I just... I feel very strongly... Fuck New Jersey. Mm. (laughs) Jersey doesn't have a basketball. Really? It's fucking... It's just... Whatever. It was crazy to me when I found out that there aren't 50 teams in the NFL, one for each state. Yeah. You know there's like four in Texas. And there's not four. There's There's four NFL teams in Texas. there's, There's the Cowboys. There's the Houston team, the Oilers. Astros? The Astros are a baseball team. The because they used to be the redheads. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. There was something about yeah. There's all I know. I don't know anything about football. There's 32 football teams. I know, and I know so that in Texas there's one in Houston and one in Dallas, and I don't think San Antonio has a team. Now I know in basketball there's the they Dallas Mavericks, the Houston Rockets, and the San Antonio Spur- the Spurs. I know in baseball, there's the Texas Rangers, which are the Dallas team. There's the Houston Astros. Rockets? The Rockets are a basketball team. Fuck me. (laughs) The Rockets beat the Lakers last night? (laughs) Christ. The Rockets aren't even trying to win games. How does that happen? (laughs) Uh, Houston Oilers were a professional American football team. From 1960 to 1996, before relocating you, to Memphis to become the you, Tennessee Oilers. Do you want to hit me with a map of football teams, like just NFL teams map or something? Uh, I can Google that. Yeah. I've never heard of such a thing, but let's see. My goodness. Okay, the so... Cow. Yeah, so there's two football teams in Texas. This is it's, so fucked up. The weird thing, can I get this image big? Can I get a big image, please? Here we go. The weird thing is that I know that football is super popular in this, like, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, but this is all college football land, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, the actual craziest football fans are are Mississippi and Alabama, but they don't even have a team, because all they've got, I guess, is Louisiana. Or, or the Atlanta uh, Falcons. Falcons? Falcons. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I, I a, For a moment I had Hawks, and then I realized Hawks are a, uh, um, a basketball team. Um, why is there no football on the West Coast, basically? like? Well, there's no people. <laughs> I guess so. Because like... there's the three California teams, and then the Raiders just left California. To go to to Vegas, and the Red Birds, the Cardinals in Phoenix. Are they are they the Arizona Cardinals or the Phoenix Cardinals? I don't know. 
Uh, my mom lives in Phoenix. I should know this. And, and then there's the fucking Seahawks out in, out in no man's land. Maybe it's for the best, because knowing the track record of sports teams from sort of the northwest part and what their names mm-hmm. end up being, maybe it's for the best that there are fewer teams. <laughs> well, I think I think you're referring to the Washington football team. Oh, the Washington football team from Washington, D.C., I guess? Yes, Not from, from, from Washington D.C. State? Yes. Do they, I think the Washington football team finally got a name, but I don't remember what it it's actually... Like, is it the Warriors? Is it... It's like, um... No, it's a Navy thing. Oh, it, it, yeah. Like the Admirals or something. Yeah, it might be. The, the, comma- command, the Commanders. The commanders. I thought that said Commandeers for a second. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Commander. <clears throat> Commander. 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 Um, anyway, all I'll say, that's our day so far. And then we started recording this podcast, and I got grumpy about something, and I started <laughs> on air. No, Nora had to bring me milk and cookies to, to calm me down. <laughs> to mollify you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good now. I guess that's all I needed. After this, after this, I'm going to go smoke a J and like, chill out a little bit. I have a sports question for you. Hit me. This is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about two really good animated movies. but does... One really good animated movie and one good animated movie, but go on. I'm going to ask you just some like sports status questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, does the XFL still exist? No. Why is, does the XFL not exist? Well, I think... Did they run out of money? I, I, I think they were... Because they were going to come back... I was a little more plugged into this when we lived in St. Louis, because St. Louis had an XFL team. And to my knowledge, they played one season... But that one season ended up being, like, the comeback season was 2020. Yeah. And so then it was like, well, fuck, with all the COVID regulations. Like, like, like my guess, my get before COVID, my bet was that the the XFL was going to run three seasons before it closed again. But because of COVID, that, like, I think just shortcut the whole thing, basically. And I I think they only played one season. I could be wrong. On August 8th, 2022, it was first reported that the XFL is looking for new equity investors in the league. You know you know, you're in dire financial straits when you got, like, paragraphs on Wikipedia that start with, on May 18, 2022, <laughs> on June 9, 2022, on July 18, 2022, on July 25th, 2022, on August 8, yeah. 2022. Like, when there's news this fast that Wikipedia has to keep up with, it's never good news. Um... It's incredible to me that there would be three Texas teams in this league. It is not incredible to me. That's very believable. That's 30% of the league. Uh, Yeah. The actual thing, I'm surprised there's a Seattle team and not like a Portland team. The same, Just like the XFL being like the lesser NFL would just have all of the lesser cities. Well, see, like (laughs) the the St. Louis one... This was a reason I was kind of sort of paying attention. I don't care about the NFL, so I certainly wasn't going to care about the XFL. But I was like, oh, I guess if this takes off, it would be kind of cool that St. Louis had a team again. Yeah, but this is also the league that was run by fucking Vince McMahon, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. The other... the other like, oh, masculine one. So, so, in the 60s and 70s... So the NBA, the National Basketball Association, 
has been around since the 40s or 50s, I want to say. And then in the 60s and 70s, um, the ABA, the American Basketball Association, emerged. And sort of the whole plan of that was, hey, we're going to start a smaller league. And we're going to get people to invest in this league so that the plan, the literally the plan with the ABA was let's get bought by the NBA in 15 years. And then when we're owned by the NBA, like we'll all be making a lot more money, basically. Like let's buy in in this cheap way and then get bought out. And when we're bought out now, we're part of a much larger, more profitable thing. And that's what I assumed the XFL long-term wanted to do, was actually, let's just get, you know, eight teams going, we'll get bought by the NFL, and now there will be, like, you know, probably four more teams in the NFL, and you bought low, and now you can sell high as an owner. Well, you see, what happened was that they were going to disappear, and then... The hierarchy of power within the XFL <laughs> changed. Yeah. When Dwayne The Rock Johnson showed up and was like, let's, you know, let's buy the XFL. Mm-hmm. And it says here, the league returned to play on February 18th, 2023. I did not know that. That's not in the news section. That's in the summary section. Yeah. So the the article diligence here, like, it has not had a full pass over, like, other, you know... Style, the style guide is not being kept up on this page. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, I was just curious because I I noticed, I heard somebody mention the XFL recently. Hmm. I don't remember why. I think it was just like I stumbled on one of the team names. Mm -hmm. Um, Any other other sports questions you have for me? Uh... Uh, I think I know more about cricket than you. I, I, that's a really low bar. <laughs> the bar is actually pretty vertical. In it's, it's called a wicket. Let me tell you everything I know about cricket. Okay. You have kind. Of, it's kind of like baseball, but it's like a big. Your bat is like a big paddle, kind of. Mm-hmm. And the pitcher pitches. Yeah. And you hit it. Uh huh. And then you run. Uh huh. Sometimes. Sometimes. See, baseball much much easier. See, baseball you hit it and then you run. Well, if it's if you don't hit it far enough, you're not going to run. Yeah. See, there's no. Okay. So one team bats. Mm-hmm. They run if they think they can make it to the like 15 feet or whatever across this little strip. Okay. But if they can't make it, then they don't run and they just bat again. Mm-hmm. They just keep batting until a certain number of people get out. Hmm. Then the game switches, and the instant the second team bats one higher than the last team, the game is over and they win. Interesting. Yeah. There's only So there's only two innings? Yes. Huh. I think they're called overs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about cricket. Uh, I was just watching a video about cricket recently and it mostly bled through out of my head and but well how would the how would the team that bats first ever win then by getting outs oh getting more more outs before the other team can hit that many times yes. okay okay I, I but there's also because there's like a special 
calculation for changing the scoring if the batting gets interrupted by weather. Yes, the, so the it, David Lewis... Or yeah, The okay, Lewis yeah. Strong... This came of, up recently. Yeah. Because Molly the is Alanis watching... The Morissette Rule, I think it's called. Yeah, this is the Alanis Morissette Rule. Um, and Molly is watching the World Baseball Classic, which has uh, not only mercy rules, but, like, tiers to the mercy rules. Um, that Honestly, maybe the MLB should adopt. I, I feel like... Not me. The MLB should the MLB should hire um, Foolish Baseball and just let him like change the rules for the minor leagues. And Can they t- still bring people back from the dead, or did the rework of the, yeah the rework did the mercy re- rework change that? <coughs> yeah, there's no reason. And you completely sandbagged me, and then have it had a coughing fit. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to I was going to try and yes and you, and then I. I coughed instead, so uh, that didn't go very well. Anyway, um, I do think cricket's kind of neat. Sure, I I keep wanting to watch the World Baseball Classic, but I don't actually know where to watch it. And I've also been busy the last couple of days. Um, um, what was I? I was talking about something. The the worst <laughs> part about cricket is everybody who plays it sounds weird. Oh, Ooh, sticky wicket! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, oi oi oi! <laughs> but yeah, apparently, like Molly was talking about the mercy rules in the World Baseball Classic, and I guess um, like, fuck, dude, let's talk about something else. I keep okay. losing my train of thought. <laughs> you want to talk about Dragon's Fire and Ice? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, so core. Nora film from 2004. Mm, mm. Can I tell can I tell everybody the story of of the evening we watched this movie? Sure. You got off work at I got off work at 3, you got off work at 6. I come pick you up. We get up some groceries and I'm like, "Hey, remember last week we actually went out for dinner for once instead of getting DoorDash like we almost always do? Uh, we had a lot of fun going out for dinner. Let's go out for dinner again. So we went out for dinner. And we got to this place, and the vibes were just weird. And the lady asked us for here to go. And I was like, oh, for here. And then I kind of like, she was, I kind of looked around the place, and I was like, actually to go. Actually, vibes here are just weird. Let's just get it to go. And, like, the prices online were not what the prices in the store actually were. And so we ended up, I thought we were spending, like, $40 on dinner, and we spent, like, $60 on dinner. It was not worth $60. It was not a $60 dinner. <laughs> um, it was a... I, I really liked the thing I got. That would... Eh. If, if we got, like, two things of that quality, that would have been a $40 meal for sure. I would have been like, okay, that was slightly nicer than, like, average, you know? But the thing you got was not as nice as the thing I got, I don't think. It was fine, but... Um, and so then we're just kind of, like, bummed. I was like, oh, man, I wanted to do this fun thing. We're not doing this fun thing now. And you're like, okay, well, let's put on a movie. And you were you wanted to watch this... You wanted to watch Fire and Ice because of its... We found out about it when we were watching The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to watch Dragon's Fire and Ice because the and title... That, yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. And so I'm, like, thinking, like... Okay, I'm excited to watch this movie Nora's picked out, but it looks like a silly kids movie, and I don't really... Was it a silly kids movie? It was a silly kids movie. I was like, I don't really want to watch this. Kind of an epic kids movie, though. I don't know. This looks bad. 
And we watched it, and it was, like, pretty good. And then we watched Fire and Ice, and that shit fucking rocked. And, and I... you you absolutely <laughs> made the right call, because when we were trying to decide which to watch first, I was like, well, I want to watch Fire and Ice, because I'm more excited about it. And you were like, well, we have to watch Dragon's Fire and Ice first, because you suspected that Fire and Ice would be better, mm-hmm. and that we should start with the slightly lesser movie. And that you would be really high. And sleepy. <laughs> and you would not feel any compunction about falling asleep during my movie yes <laughs> you would you would be motivated to not fall asleep during the movie you wanted to watch yes <laughs> so the best way of getting to spend more time with my wife <laughs> and watch both movies was if we watched my movie first which yes. is kind of the default like we should always watch my movie first I think. <laughs> also mine was 70 minutes long Yes. Mine was 80 minutes long. Don't just fucking saying. act that superior. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't go and pick like a three hour movie or something. Anyway, we watched Dragon's Fire and Ice. Do you want to tell people about this uh, animated motion picture? Well, it's inspired by and is an advertisement for the Mega Bloks uh, playset line of dragons. Mm hmm. It's like Legos that comes with dragons. You put a little gem in their chest and they go... Rawr. Um, it is a direct-to-DVD computer-animated film from 2004. Uh, the story concerns two unlikely heroes, Prince Dev of the Norvegian and Princess Kira of the Dragar. Gonna... They band together along with their dragons Targon and Aurora to help save Dragon World and their world from evil. I'm going to disagree with the Wikipedia page on this. The story concerns two unlikely heroes. They're the prince and the princess in a fantasy film. They are the two likeliest heroes that have ever heroed. <laughs> so, in the before times... Oh, this is a big... Jesus, this is a long <laughs> plot summary. Not that much happens. So, there used to be dragons, and the dragons wore crystals on their chests that were cool and gave them powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the dragons went back to Dragon World, and... Now there's only, like, a couple dragons left. Yeah, because they had particular bonds with these royal families. Mm -hmm. And there was the dragon ambassador named... Uh, is it Arathon? No, that's the crystal. It's Xenos. Xenos. The wizard. The ice wizard. The ice wizard. He does talk like that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so he's the dragon ambassador he's a good guy no he's not <laughs> and his deal is um that he kind of brokers peace on behalf of the dragons between these two nations mm-hmm. the norvegian and the dragar but mm-hmm. as the intro says peace imposed by others cannot last yeah that's so true king um, and so eventually the kingdoms enter into a feud and the dragons leave. It's very sad. Uh, but Xenos is still around. He's on good terms with both royal families. He shows up from time to time. Mm-hmm. And the Prince Dev and Princess Kira are both eight years old and they run off on their dragons independently, end up finding each other. And when this, um portal opens up and this huge dragon falls out of the sky um and after they've sort of been knocked unconscious by all this uh stuff he 
gives his super gem the Orathon. The Orathon. I think that's right. Uh, he splits it in half and puts it into the two kids, um, giving them weird mer- birthmarks. Scars. Sure. Uh, this also well, just, g- They weren't born with it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, they get powers. They get powers. Dev gets wind powers and Kira gets... Fire powers. That's right. Fire and ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ice is, a, is wind. Is, anyway, eight years later, they're both 16, and they both want the war to be over. But what if I told you? <laughs> but their dads want to go to war. Anyway, they both flee like the night before the battle. I was a little unclear on why the war started up again, because at the start there is peace. And then the war it's starts again. Peace. It's a cold war. It, it, the but, war starts again because of them stumbling onto their kids at this site. And they're like, oh, this explosion was caused by the other team, and then they start fighting. Okay, that was a little unclear to me. Because it is just the felt like. of war, Autumn. It, 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 it seemed like, oh, I saw you. Now that I have seen you, we must war again. <laughs> so it felt like that's yeah, literally all it was. <laughs> anyway, Dev wants to go kidnap the princess to force a surrender for the Dragar. Kira wants to go... So he's he's all, she's a weak woman. I could capture her easily. I will go over to the enemy kingdom and capture her because she is a weak woman. Is that what he sounds like? No, that's not what he sounds like. But that is what he sounds like in my head. And she's like, I shall prove my strength to him by challenging him in single combat. And then he will know that I am a woman and I am strong and not to be underestimated. Um, And you think that there's going to be like a lesson learned about sexism, but that's actually just 2023 brain. Because this is a movie from 2020, or this is a movie from 2004 and no lessons about sexism will be learned. He just proceeds through the movie i think he get i guess he realizes that she's strong by the end of the movie but i don't think he learns that women are strong he just learns that thinks he's a brute yes right that's the thing because that's the thing is that they have the opposite temperament of their culture yeah where um he's always like oh his like dev's dad is always like think before you do something and then kira's dad is always like you just have to act and they're uh-huh. both, like, flopped. Yeah, and her thing is that she's like, oh, he's just a brutish man. All he understands is combat, so I will challenge him to combat, you know. Anyway, the two royals meet up at the same sl- place where they had saw that dragon, and they're having a duel, and then the armies show up, and they start having a fight, and the uh, the kids are like, wait, war is bad. War bad, actually. We should stop them from... Oh, no! A, th- a third army? Yeah, and then an army of orcs shows up. No. What are they? What do they call them? Fuck you, I don't know. They're orcs. They're vorgans. Oh, of course. They're vorgans. How could I forget that they're vorgans? They're Silly vorgans me. on swamp dragons. <sighs> How foolish I, I was, Nerefar. <laughs> The Vorgans show up and uh, start attacking um, both sides and capture the two kings. Mm-hmm. But who should appear to save our heroes? 
But the wizard, who's definitely not evil. Xenos, he gets them onto his Frozone pedestal. And then uh, he's backing away from the Vorgans. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. They literally, like, if Kira just turned around in that moment to look back, they would have seen that he is clearly in control of the Vorgans. (laughs) He just, like, they happen to be looking in a different direction, but, like... Like, they're looking at where they're going instead of where they're coming from, but if one of them, like, turned around to be like, fuck you, Vorgans, they would have seen, oh, I guess the wizard controls the Vorgans. I guess we shouldn't trust this guy. But they're immediately like, thank you, wizard, we trust you. He takes them to his ice castle that looks like a penis. Yeah, it does look like a big penis. With a bunch of stairs in it. Yeah. He gives them some ice javelins and tells them to go into this big fiery crag that he can't go into because it's too hot, because that's where the... Um, the evil dragon is. Yeah, that dragon, that dragon over there, totally evil. Now, I know that your father taught you to always trust dragons, but I'm telling you, don't trust that dragon specifically. Well, that's Stendhal. Right, that's Stendhal. Voiced by Scott McNeil. So not appearing in this film. Yeah. Um, but, or maybe he shows up in the second movie? Mm. Yes, he's in the second movie. Oh, okay. Because the Odaku are uh, in the oh, second movie. Oh, Thoron is the is the king dragon. Yes. Not not king dragon the villain, but he is no. the king of the dragons. He's the dragon king. He's the dragon king. So they go. He does in, not send his regards. And he meet and they meet the dragon king, and he reveals the truth mm-hmm. that Xenos uh, is evil, and Stendhal, the evil red dragon, tried to kill him. Uh, the king, and they fought for a long time until eventually the king fell through the portal into the world and gave the Orathon to the two kids. We know this. Mm-hmm. They escape. He takes them to an extra-dimensional space to learn their magic skills, and then they fight the evil wizard and rescue their family, and the war is over. And also the dragons come back at the end. Yeah, also the dragons come back. What did you think of this 480p YouTube upload of... 480 is generous. <laughs> 480 is very generous. <laughs> I want to just pick up a DVD of it and, like, yeah. actually... Uh, I I enjoyed this. Um, as far as... Um, you know, okay, so... I'll admit there's, like, a sort of, like... Fake nostalgia element of this to me, if that makes sense. Because, like... Me, an adult 27-year-old person, I found this very, like, oh, yeah, that's a normal-ass kids movie. There's nothing special about it. I don't I don't think it's, like, particularly good. It's just that this is a style of thing that I really enjoyed as a kid. I read a lot of books from the Scholastic Book Fair about dragons and dragon writers and, and you know princes and princesses and this was this is very like the sort of thing that i watched and read a lot as a kid keep in mind that both of these movies i think come out between aragon and eldest so i was feasting yeah yeah um there was there was a thing i was i don't you know aragon Okay, so Aragon, on some level, is just taking stuff from Dragon Riders of Pern, right? And some other things. And other things. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> um, uh, Earthsea a little bit. Earthsea a little bit. But also, um, like, 
it's not like that's a unique thing. It's a yeah. whole thing. We don't have to go into it. But, like, there was, when I was a kid, a, like, Dragon Riders specifically was a big fad, especially yes. in, like, Scholastic Book Fair type books. And Aragon was not the first Dragon Rider book of that fad. It's just the one that made everything really popular. And it was also, it was very early in that fad, I'll say, at the very least. Also, I guess Dragon Riders get to be sort of a cowboy type yeah. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But also, do you remember the second wave that tried to push unicorn riders to I do. like I girls do. reading fantasy? Yes, yes. It's also, I'm of a very particular age where this stuff really hit for me, but then when How to Train Your Dragon came out, I was old enough that I thought How to Train Your Dragon looked dumb, and I watched all three of those movies, and I'm still not really into How to Train Your Dragon. I don't really I think... really liked that first one, and I never saw the rest. I think the second one was the best of them, but I, I'm still not into particularly into any of them. If I had any complaint about it, it would probably be just that like I would expect it to be a little cloying. I, but, y- you know. You know what? I like that just fine. If How to Train Your Dragon was a book series I read as a kid... I'd be really into it because the idea really works for me. It's mostly just the, um, it's mostly just the like, uh, DreamWorks aesthetic, you know, I would, and I would go out on a limb and I'd say those are my favorite DreamWorks movies. We've talked before about how your relationship with CG animation has been tainted by past experiences. Yes. Um, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Anyway. It's really funny how much more generous you are to that thing that you feel an intense, like, mm. sort of emotion toward than you are toward a Wizard of Oz. That's because Wizard of Oz sucks. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, Someday we're, we're going to get a Wizard of Oz Funko on Pump Town. And you're going to be nice. We'll watch the Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> um... Anyway, um... Oh, we'll just read Ruby fanfiction. <laughs> um... Uh, but um, also, the wizards had a fake face the whole time made of ice, and when he got hit the first time, it shattered and revealed he had burned face from dragon. Yeah, he had burned face from dragon. Also, his voice gets so much more evil at a certain point. Yeah. Um... So, I don't know. This is... This is fun. This I is thought. fun. Um... <clears throat> And I, la, last thing about, like, it being 2004, there's just a certain, like, straightforwardness to it. Mm-hmm. There is a, like, the prince and the princess are, there's never a, like, refuse the call thing. There's in that, like, hero's journey mold, you know? They're just like, we're the prince and the princess, and we're going to be the dragon riders, and that's what's going to happen. You know, and there's no, um, uh, it's only 70 minutes and there's no, like... Well, it's not that. It's more of a, like, oh, realizing, oh, you have these powers, you get these weird feelings, too? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what, this is the truth of what we are. This is where we belong. That kind of thing. Rather than a hero's journey, it is more of a finding, like, coming of age finding your place in the world kind of thing yeah and it's i think it's it's slightly different i think it's i think this movie was a little more compelling like functioned a little better because it's two characters 
Because if yes. it was if it was just the prince or just the princess, it would be very um, hero's journey. And another trend now that was definitely around then more, but it was definitely around then, but it feels more prevalent now in kids media is there would be a team. There would be five dragon riders, you know, Voltron, a Voltron, an MLP, um, you know, there would, there would be like the cast a, a, a power Rangers, you People know, love found family. Yes. And so, and I don't. I don't know that you could do that in seventy minutes. You know, I, you probably you probably could. I'm I'm being absurd. You probably well, they would could. be shallow characters. They would be shallow characters, and these are shallow. You would characters. just add a big guy with a deep voice, and then a little guy with a high voice who's like fast. Yeah, and these are pretty shallow characters, but because there's only two of them, they, you know, uh, there's a little more to them than you know just I talk like this. I talk like this. Yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, we are probably the people who have thought the most about this movie since it was made. Yes, absolutely we are. Um, there are like 20 reviews on Letterboxd of this film. Can you, do you want to read some to me? None of them are that interesting, but okay. sure. I didn't read any of the reviews, so. Um, what's Jackson rating Evangelion on Letterboxd? I don't need to worry about that. Three, whatever. I can't. I can't read Ano's handwriting on that logo. <laughs> All I know is that Jackson has given it two stars. <laughs> Dragons, fire, and ice. Two young rival dragon riding warriors fight to end a thousand-year-old war despite the hidden manipulator opposing them. Give me some reviews. Give me some reviews of this bad boy. Uh, imagine thinking that Game of Thrones is the best high fantasy besides Lord of the Rings when Dragon's Fire and Ice exists. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, can I just get more reviews? I suffered through this movie for the sake of my friend. I saw um, this movie at a sleepover. Uh, I also always used to see this on the shelf at of DVDs, and since I'm excited for House of the Dragon, and I just finished Bionicle, might as well watch this. <laughs> you know what? This is halfway between House of the Dragon and Bionicle. <laughs> uh, this one just says, I always wanted her. <laughs> um, masterpiece, half star. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Some other reviews that aren't in English, so I can't really... Tell yeah. You what. Anyway, um, we can keep we can keep rolling. Um, and then we watch some other movie. It's not really a big deal. It's fine. We should, can we talk about the thing we watched between the movies real quick? Because I just remembered something we watched between the two movies. What? We watched the trailer for that new Ninja Turtles movie. It looks really good. Oh yeah, I guess we did. I'm just I'm really into TMNT right now. I don't know. I was like into I liked TMNT as a kid. Uh, but all of a sudden, I'm just, like, really into TMNT. Oh, you know my thing. What's your thing? I don't, I never got into talking animals as a kid. Yeah. I didn't understand how their bodies worked, and it freaked me out. I've always liked talking animals. Um, I never thought about TMNT as a talking animal comic, but it is a talking animal comic, really. (laughs) They're turtles. Yeah. I just never, I don't ever think about it. The reason I don't think about it that way is that, like, the, the, the turtles are always, like, 
proportioned somewhat like humans whereas (laughs) um like they're seven heads tall or whatever well so is robin hood so is robin hood but when i think of disney talking animals when i think of talking animals i think of donald duck being like three heads tall or bolt or or bolt you know sure um no i'm just i'm just really into tmnt right now i i thought you did have a good insight because i said this is like my new sonic like sonic is the thing that i have had an unbroken love of since childhood and it feels like TMNT is like filling that spot in my heart right now. It'll come back around to Sonic sooner or later. But what Sonic have they made lately? The Sonic uh, is two live action movies of which one is, I guess, passably watchable. You know? <laughs> and then Sonic Frontiers, which I haven't played, have very little interest in. And I should play Sonic Forces at some point, but I haven't. And they haven't made the kind of Sonic that you're interested in. Yeah. I, it seems like the they Sonic... They should make a Sonic movie that is like this, though. They should make a Sonic movie that's like the Sonic comics. Or like the Sonic Mania shorts. I'm surprised... Because the Sonic Mania shorts they've done have been really popular. I'm surprised there's not more they're doing with that sort of branding. You know? If um, I had to guess... I would say that the Sonic the Hedgehog movies that we know of, one, are very popular. Mm-hmm. Two, were probably in the works for so long that it was impossible to stop. Mm-hmm. And so they probably have to keep doing it for now. Mm-hmm. And can't just completely shift gears into a new brand of Sonic. Oh, um, yeah. I'm just surprised there's not... There was like a Sonic Boom show that ran for four seasons or something. I don't know. I've heard that show is secretly fun. Uh, people certainly send around one clip on, on Twitter and Discord a lot, um, and I don't think it's funny, but some people do. I've seen some funny jokes from it. I've seen some funny jokes, and I've seen one joke that people think is hilarious, and I, it's, it's not. Uh, we should watch that sometime. We should roll it, we should try to roll a Sonic Funko Pop. We should just will, we should will, uh, focus the Sonic. Um... But yeah, but I, I, you know what? If you came to me and you were like, Nora, I want to do a Sonic Boom podcast where we watch Sonic Boom regularly, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, okay, but we have to call it Sonic Boomers. <laughs> that might be fun. Um, no, but for people who don't know, because I don't, I hadn't heard about this, and I'm like a TMNT fan. Um, so, so I'm trying to find television series. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a sort of controversial show within the fandom. It ran from 2018 to 2020. Um, it is a very much for children television show. And people didn't like it in the fandom because of that, from what I gather. Um and also, it is, like, the first uh, show that gave the Turtles, like, different silhouettes. I thought it was the second. I thought that this one... Did this one not? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know much about the 2012 series. I thought there were two that gave them different... Um... Um, it looks like Mark Hamill was in... This one it's kind of does Kind it. of. A little bit. But a not, little bit. Not the way that yeah. I meant. Yes, you're right. This is... This this 2016 one is probably the 
Yeah, 2018, but yeah. 2018. Yeah, 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 yeah. They this are, is they're different type like time types of turtle. Yeah. Yeah. That's and funny. and so a lot of people in the fandom don't like this, especially because it is such a like for children thing. To which to those people I would say one you have the live action movies uh which are, you know, they are their own thing. Um I have an affection for them. I should watch those. I've never seen them. And two, you have the comics. They're making a like a, they're 150 issues deep into a a series of comic books that is like for adults. For like 40-year-old fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you are fed. You have 150 issues. Let children have some TMNT too. You know? Um I haven't watched this show. The clips I've seen look funny, but I I don't know anything about it. Um Anyway, the new movie, um, uh, uh, what, I don't remember what the new movie's called. Rise of the Ooze. Shredder's Ooze. No. Uh, Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows is the 2016 movie. Out of the Ooze. Uh, where's the, oh, this is still for the. This is still for the other thing. Okay. Um, you gotta, yeah, thank you. Mutant Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem. Now, it's being produced by Seth Rogen, which is a big red flag. <laughs> is it? Yes. Um, Why is that? Because he's Seth Rogen. <laughs> okay. Who... I don't like Seth Rogen. I don't know. I didn't think I had to justify not thinking Seth Rogen was very funny. <laughs> I mean... He's you... that guy who talks like this. No, <laughs> I, I know the... <laughs> Um, <coughs> I fucked up my throat doing that. <coughs> I know who Seth Rogen is, to be clear. I just don't think My question funny. is, what does it matter who produces the movie? Well, I don't want it to look like a Seth Rogen movie. I don't know. Uh, well, we saw a trailer of it, and I gotta say, it doesn't well, look like a Seth Rogen movie. Well, yeah, that was the sentence I was finishing when we got off on this tangent, because we were like, what's the problem with Seth Rogen? As I was like... Oh, there's a red flag of Seth Rogen, but we watched the trailer and it looked good. That's literally what I was meant to say. Um, it looks like they're just doing a Spider-Verse, but for TMNT. Um, which, like, on the one hand, it's a little dispiriting that, like, Spider-Verse came out and was so new and unique. And now it's just getting totally ripped off. It's a little, like, I wish the thing about Spider-Verse that was getting ripped off was that there could be more different styles of animated movie. No, it's purple. <laughs> That's the takeaway from Spider-Verse, is make it purple. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wish there could be more different styles, but but the it does look good. It does fit the, the tone. This... It is different. It is a very different, like, texture on the image than yeah, for sure. Spider-Verse. And they're not moving with the frames of animation that Spider-Verse is doing. Yeah, and Spider-Verse... But it is very much like the lighting and the color palette is very, like... It's purple. What if it was purple? Yeah, it it's that, and it's also... Um... Like... Spider-Verse is very clearly, like, 3D animated to evoke comic books. And... Mutant Mayhem is very 3D animated to evoke like 2D animation. Yeah, almost. It it almost looks like Dragon Ball Fighters a little bit, or a uh, Guilty Gear, or Guilty Gear. It it kind of gives me that vibe. 
a little bit. Um, and yeah, it seems like it's kind of the same tone of that rise of the TMNT um, thing. It looks like it's kind of in that ballpark. Uh, I'm interested. I, it looks good. Uh, and I liked who they cast of the Turtles. I th- There was a big cast list at the end, but it wasn't like, you know, so-and-so yeah. as, so-and-so oh, as. Oh, man, look at these guys. They're look so these... jacked. Yeah. We should we should watch before we watch so so the the Michael Bay the Michael Bay TMNT John Cena is Rocksteady in Mutant Mayhem John you, Cena is Rocksteady Click this tab can we get a full cast list here Um the Michael Bay TMNT movie I don't really care for but the second one is good Let Jackie me, Chan is Splinter Okay so four actors Four actors I do not know as the Turtles I thought they did a good job It sounds like maybe they got pretty young actors um Jackie Chan as Splinter is incredible casting. Um, Seth Rogen as Bebop is okay. John Cena as Rocksteady is great. Which one is that? Uh, Rocksteady... <sighs> is that the pig or the rhino? Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, fuck, dude. Mm, <laughs> fuck, dude. <laughs> fuck, which one's the hippo and which... Or the which one's the warthog and which one's the rhino? Fuck. I will... I, hmm. Let me let me let me. I'm, I'm turning off my targeting computer. No. Rocksteady is the rhino. Obviously, they would cast Seth Rogen as the pig and John Cena as the rhino. God damn it! It was so much easier than that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you hear Seth Rogen voice and you're like, "Oh yeah, like fake Pumbaa." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We literally just watched a movie where he was fake Pumbaa. Oh wait, no, 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 no. We watched, we watched, um. Chippendale. What are you talking about? We watched Chippendale months ago. Okay, we watched Chippendale, and Seth Rogen was in that movie. And then, when he actually played Pumbaa from the oh. Lion King movie, showed up in Chippendale. Also, yeah, it's been months. Every Seth Rogen it's, character showed up. It's been like a year since we've watched Chippendale, hasn't it? No, it's been like eight months. It's been like a year, I bet. Uh, other people here. Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog. Um, Ice Cube is Superfly. Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko. Wait, you skipped one here. Uh, oh God! You just passed over that name. Like I just I, Post Malone. I just went. I just <laughs> blacked out when I read the word Post Malone. I legitimately didn't even perceive Post Malone there. Oh, oh Christ! <laughs> Why does he look like Post Malone? Because he's Post Malone. Maya Rudolph isn't going to be in this. Oh, I know who that is. Uh, yeah, I recognize her face. John uh, Carlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. That's good casting. That's just good. Who's Baxter Stockman? Baxter Stockman is Shredder's evil scientist guy. Oh, sure. He he, he does evil science. Um, I, I, I don't... As far as, like, Genghis Frog or Mondo Gecko, I, I think those are probably original characters for this movie. Um, well, they have links. Okay, it must be... They must have shown up before, if but I don't... If you told me there was a character in TMNT named Genghis Frog, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, Genghis Frog, okay. Okay, yeah. Um, but just getting Hannibal Burris in your TMNT kids movie, I'm like, yeah, okay, I see how that works, sure. Yeah. Uh, I like Hannibal Burris. I hope he's not cancelled or something. Because I think he's really funny, but if you told me, like, oh yeah, he got on stage and said some, like, really whack shit, I'd be like, okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> Is that the guy whose whole, like, sense of comedy is kind of saying whack shit? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, I just don't trust stand-up comedians. I kind of feel like they all believe this whack shit. This is what shit. I said. 
Stand-up comedians are the worst people on the planet. And you scoffed at me after watching that Conan documentary. Yeah, no. You scoffed at me, but I think I'm right. I think you might be right. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of the same deal as like like anybody who lives on that one island, good chance that they're a turf. You mean Britain? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anybody who lives on that island, I just assume they're a turf until proven otherwise. Similarly, anybody who's a stand-up comedian, I just assume they just believe some whack shit, or they just, like, think that Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby got a bad rap. Oh, maybe Hannibal... No, Hannibal Burris is, like, one of the first people that was talking about uh, Bill Cosby being a rapist. We don't need to do, like, Whatever. a moral trial of Whatever. Burris, <laughs> we don't need to do this. Audio. We don't need to pull up the personal life Wikipedia on... <laughs> The, at the end of the day, the man is Genghis Frog, and you yeah. have to respect that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear his his vocal stylings as Genghis Frog. Um. Anyway, should we talk about the other movie we actually watched, and not this trailer that we watched that I got excited about? I guess so. Um, Tell me about Fire and Ice. Hyperfixation, that's the word. <laughs> For why I'm so into TMNT right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Fire and Ice. This is a 1983 animated epic dark fantasy adventure film directed by Ralph Bakshi. The film, a collaboration between Bakshi and Frank Frazetta, was distributed by 20th Century Fox, who also distributed Bakshi's 1977 release, Wizards. The animated feature, based on characters co-created by Bakshi and Frazetta, was made using the process of rotoscoping, blah, 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 blah. The screenplay was written by Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas, both of whom had written Conan stories for Marvel Comics. The background painter was James Gurney, the author and artist of Dinotopia. Iconic American painter Thomas Kincaid, who sucks, uh, also worked on the background to various scenes. Peter Chung, the creator of Aeon Flux, was a layout artist. Uh, this movie's incredible. This movie's great. Also, first note. Mm -hmm. First note to say. Yes. Mega racist. Mega racist. Mega racist. I mean, I guess not out of form racist with like the the genre. Yeah. If you, uh, okay. If you're familiar with sort of a Howardian uh, mode of this uh, is, like depict or even like a Burroughs yeah. style, yes, sort of a Tarzanian uh, like depiction of people who are who would be like these are kind this is like cavemen people mm -hmm. kind of kind asterisk. of asterisk <laughs> but there's also the subhumans mm -hmm. who are darker skinned mm -hmm. have different facial features that make them more bestial mm -hmm. and uh kind of grunt a lot they're, they the, mostly the, communicate in grunting and trying to rape women and gestures or actually raping women i think there's a I there's think a, there's a there's point a... where we, like, cut to uh, the woman who is kidnapped, like, moments after she's, like, whatever. We can... We don't need to talk about that anymore, honestly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it is not out of uh, the ordinary in this sort of genre space. Mm -hmm. um, but it is mega racist. It is super duper racist. Um, My point being that if you know what kind of racist it is if you have engaged with this kind of sword and sorcery sort of milieu yeah. in the past. So, 
An interesting thing to think about is that this comes out in 83, and this is like a direct result of the success of uh, Conan, both Conan comics and Conan movies, mm-hmm. and also, um, I mean, literally, like, Conan comics, like, are the screenplay on this movie. Like, Roy Thomas is the guy, you know, who kept Conan relevant throughout the 70s. Like, that's, you know, him. Uh, and also the writer on Elric uh, comics in the 70s. Um, so, um, and we were, this is a direct result of Beastmaster and, and, um, Conan. And, you know, I also think about like <clears throat> Highlander one kind of in the same sword and sorcery sort of deal, except Highlander one is in a very different type of setting than this very different type of setting. I don't see that as being, it's just, different. I guess the thing that's, it doesn't have the tone or the blank spaces i guess it's interesting that in the 70s and 80s fantasy in the style of robert e howard is that his name and um edgar rice burroughs was very in you know this is also the first kind of second wave of influence on D and vice versa because um if you look at like D and D art, but especially the computer games from the eighties mm-hmm. into the late eighties, it is a lot of Excalibur, a lot of Conan, a lot of his historical fantasy mixed with sword and sorcery fantasy, mm. um, which is its own weird thing that looks super dated because. Um, Obviously, everything fantasy gets a total rehaul after Lord of the Rings films. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that it's it's just interesting, um, and I didn't think about the Peter Jackson movies, but now, 40 years removed from when this movie came out, you don't, you do not see, there's nothing that's coming out this year that I'm like, oh, that's inspired by Robert E. Howard. There's no fantasy movie... There's no fantasy books. There's this is a like genre of fantasy that has, but other than getting smuggled into D and D, um, and there are going to be some obviously indie books or like OSR tabletop stuff that's mm-hmm. going to evoke this stuff that is not within where we yeah kind of dwell in culture, um, but you know. Moorcock wrote a book this year. Right. Or like th- four months ago, there was a new Elric book. And Moorcock is absolutely in conversation with Robert E. Howard and yes. all that. Yeah. Like 100%. But yeah, it's just interesting. This like, this, like most fantasy that comes out now, like begins, like the lineage goes back to um, Lord of the Rings. And that's as far back as it goes, you know? Um, I mean, and never mind the fact that Lord of the Rings itself is in conversation with much, much, much older literature. You know, what is, what is the most popular fantasy thing right now? Like, it's it's not House of the Dragon. Oh, well, it's certainly not Rings of Power. Dragon Age Four has the potential to be a huge hit. I think. Is I don't know. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I'm. I, is I it the Witcher? Like, is the Witcher the most popular I fantasy mean, it's product? Probably other modern things. Mm-hmm. Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. Or like, 
I guess that's a question. Do you think the Witcher comes out of this this milieu? Kinda. Because he is kind of a like wandering swordsman. Like... Yeah, I think it's a little bit of that. I, would... I haven't read The Witcher, so I can't really speak to the literature side of it. I would much sooner put The Witcher in conversation with like samurai shit than than like this. You know, I would put it more of a Sartana kind of because he has yeah tools yeah it's so much as from the outside looking in it seems like the witcher is primarily a guy with a lot of tools for different things Mm -hmm. and a guy who knows how to tackle different issues and so um but he's not a trickster like sartana yeah i mean the the most popular fantasy stuff probably honestly is D D. and D D has this deep in its bones but it's not like a thing that i think i mean in that case the we're looking at something like the legends of Vox Machina. Yeah. Like, like my, I, I have coworkers who are really into critical role. Um, and I don't think any of those people like have any sort of cultural familiarity with the stuff that fire and ice is like riffing on, you know, Brandon, Brandon, we've we've neglected Brandon this whole time. We've neglected Brandon as we so often do. Brandon Sanderson is a huge, 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 piece of fantasy literature right now that's true and like that mode is both an inspiration for other authors and a reaction to prior authors and like i think looking at sort of a lot of the things that he's written can kind of shed a light on like what is popular and the post harry potter fantasy boom yeah and 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 sanderson is very much i would be i has anybody ever asked no one ever asks Brandon, like, what are the novels that made you want to write novels? Or, or when they do, it always feels like he's just like, oh, yeah, Robert Jordan, blah, blah, blah. You know, I feel like I know how much Wheel of Time means to him. And I don't have a sense of. Um, here's some here's some uh, some stuff. Mistborn author Brandon Sanderson shares the books that influenced him the most. So we've got Dragon's Bane by Barbara Hambly. The Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. Watchmen. Um, that's it. That's it for this that's article. That's the entire article. Let me see if this Reddit post has anything better. Oh, no, this is for... This is somebody soliciting recommendations. This is someone who says Patrick Rothfuss is a great writer. Uh, Brandon Sanderson's top book recommendations. I feel like this is going to be different from the stuff that influenced him, but yeah. I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm not seeing much. Who inspired Brandon? Oh. It's it's just Robert Jordan and Barbara Hambly. Like that's literally it. I would. I got. I, we gotta we, get him on the pod. We're we gotta we gotta be nice to Brandon so we can. We gotta, we gotta be butter nice to Brandon. All right, listeners. There's an episode of Ars Arcanum that is coming out either later today or earlier today, depending on what order we put things out in. Um... We're going to say some mean things about Brandon on that podcast. Please ignore them. And please, if you ever have the chance to speak to Brandon, tell him about how much, how nice we are, how much we just admire his work and we've never said anything mean about Brandon. Because I need to get him on the podcast. Because I just want to ask him like, hey, bud, what are, what were your favorite books when you were 15 years old? That's what I want to know. You know? Like, What's, what was, I just. Do you think know. he's a Dragon Riders of Perm guy? Do you think... I, don't, I have well, no idea. he certainly doesn't seem to have that much of an affinity for dragons. 
Yeah. Considering he specifically was like, okay, there's only one dragon in the whole Cosmere. Yeah. Was he, was he a fucking, like, I don't know, was he into the fucking Sword of Shinara? What's that called? Sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of, sword art online. Is is Brandon into sword art online? I don't think so. Um, I think. I mean, Shannara is probably a good bet. Yeah, fairly I, popular. I just, I want, I want to get a listicle out of him. Just tell me, Brandon, your ten favorite books when you were fifteen. Um, do I have to listen to his podcast to find this out? I'm not, oh, maybe. There's a that's a step too far. Which one? Writing excuses or with his new one? Oh, no. Because I used to listen to his old one with the other three authors. Does he still do that? I, I think, assume he does. I think the podcast still exists. I can't speak to how much Brandon is still on it. It's like a 20-minute commitment a week, isn't it? Like, I assume he can find time for it. I think they record it in batches. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Uh, they also do a cruise. They do a cruise? For authors. Oh, okay. So the, all the, <laughs> the authors all get on a boat and write together and hang out, and I guess that's cool. Um. Anyway, everybody, just I yeah, don't tweet at him. Like don't, we, we're not actually going to get Brandon Sanderson on the podcast. But okay, here's what you need to do: is you need to go retweet this podcast. You need to tell all your friends about how much you love all the export audio stuff. You need to plug the shit out of it to everybody you know. Because I need the podcast to get more popular. I need us to be at least as popular as Daniel Green so that I can just email Brandon's publicist and be like, hey, we would love to get an interview. I will send you over questions so you can be assured that we won't be mean. Like, just, I need to talk to the man. But then the people at the company, Dragonsteel, are going to be like, can you explain why your podcast has an episode entitled hegelian dialectics for your pussy and i'll say listen i'm sending you a list of questions <laughs> if i deviate from the list brandon can leave and we won't Shoot publish it <laughs> like you get final cut on the podcast i just want to ask him some questions <laughs> if i could get an hour with christopher paulini god off, off mike off, off mike, mike. <laughs> i could just ask him about hey What's up with with this and this and like yeah, the beginning of eldest starts with Aragon wandering through a field of corpses reflecting on the complete nihilism of life, and then in the beginning of the fourth book he's doing Marvel quips while he stabs dudes. Is that because you changed or is that because Aragon changed? I that's my question for Christopher Paolini. I, I know how we could get Christopher Pellini to answer her questions, but I it cannot endorse on, any criminal activity on this podcast. It relies on um, Jackson really liking to sleep in a sea of stars. Really liking <laughs> to sleep in a sea of stars. And us having just a positive podcast about Because he will see it. He will see my post about anomalous readings. It, oh, he's online like that? He's online like that. Okay. He will absolutely see the post advertising the podcast. Okay. I don't know if he's going to listen. I don't Jackson, know how much of a podcast the guy is. Jackson, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to come in and say that Sleep in the Sea of the Stars is the best book you've ever read. I I've no, I feel very confident that they have read many books worse than this just for the Star Trek podcast. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I think that the, the bottom level of this book is way higher than a lot of other books. Sure. But anyway. So anyway, Fire and Ice. 
Yeah, it's all right. It's five, good. It's five stars. It's really good. It's a five star movie. Um, there's an all star cast uh, of people making this movie, and you can tell. Um, it's a five star movie. Um, <clears throat> do you want to summarize the plot? Oh, I got confused again. It happened again. Oh, it oh. happened again. The person who does the base, uh, not motion capture, but basically the motion capture for rotoscoping oh. for the main character is named Randy Norton. <laughs> And I, both times I've read that now, I thought it said Randy Orton. <laughs> it did not. It did not. Um, there's also Mickey Morton on this movie. <laughs> Mickey Morton. Randy Norton and Mickey Morton. Don't expect to like him. <laughs> um, we were like halfway through the movie before we found out that the main character's name is Larn. Yeah. Yeah, you get like a ways. Okay, so. It might have been in the first scene that we missed, but. But there's, like, a good shot. So, like, only, like, 20% of this movie has dialogue in it. I'm exaggerating, but there's, like, long... Oh, so it's like Conan. Long stretches of this movie where no one is speaking. It is kind of like Conan in that way. Um, It's not meditative in the way that Conan is. It's not, like, thoughtful in the way that Conan is. Um, Uh, Well, it's ponderous because there are times when the point of the shot is not to... Uh, necessarily look at the environment or think about the things that have happened. It is to see this ass on this woman. <laughs> and it is to ponder the shape of the ass and the wriggling toes <laughs> and the way that her ass moves when she crawls through a tube. The, okay, so the main lady is named Tigra. Tigra. And she is introduced to us by being like, ah... Uh, Servant girl, I must stretch my pussy, and I just oh my pussy is so sore. I have to really stretch it out. (laughs) If only some if some dashing hero could come and save me from my pussy being so. (laughs) She's just stretching, (laughs) and she's talking about being bored. She's like, I just wonder what Ganon's up to. But she also she's spreading her legs to the camera. Yeah. You know, pussyfacingtheworld.png. Yeah. <laughs> um, she gets kidnapped by the subhumans, mm. who are agents uh, of... Necron. Necron. Now, Necron is a fucking cool guy. He starts the movie... Um, <laughs> Just coming. The, the movie opens... So there's like a little like prologue about, like, here's the state of the world. Here's your little Star Wars text crawl, right? And then it's just like... Necron just making the the He-Man yeah 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 face is he just like Oh he's bouncing up and down on his throne and like like his back curving back and like head thrown back in ecstasy as he's like forcing this glacier to take over the world and it just looks like he's bouncing on a butt plug. Yeah, and there's like earthquakes and yeah, it's it's weird vibes and then he like comes to release and uh then he's taken over the world or something. I'm a little unclear on what I was pretty high. <laughs> well, I was pretty high and this movie look, is not really fire straightforward. Keep and ice keep. Uh-huh. And he is encroaching on fire keep. That's where Larn's from, yes? Yeah. No, Larn's from one of the villages. The Larn's from a village, and Tigra is from Firekeep. And, and so Larn... is her brother. Brother Gerald? Yes. <clears throat> Gerald is a deuteragonist, you might say. 
Mm, not as much as Dark Wolf is. Uh, I think exactly as much as Dark Wolf is. He just gets got. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um. So so. Lauren Lauren wants them to surrender at Firekeep to his icy will. Mm-hmm. They say no, thank you, and then those and then the 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 guys that are not subhumans, but they are also a weird kind of goblin they're goblin guys yeah yeah if you look at old like second edition art of D goblins and orcs like this movie clearly had some kind of influence yeah absolutely absolutely um i think that this is a big uh step in the orcs becoming green yes for sure evolution because there's like these are like these are supposed to be like dark-skinned people but just because of like how the coloring comes out, they look like dark green, kind of. I think they are supposed to be dark green because that way it's not explicitly like... Yeah, it's like, oh, someone said it was racist when we just had them be black, so we made it dark green. It's I, still racist, I'm not, Obviously, but... I'm not saying that this movie specifically caused orcs to be green, mm-hmm. but I think you can see a trend of orcs becoming green because they yes. were not green originally. Yes, yes. And even in... As we've seen recently, the Bakshi Hobbit, mm-hmm. the goblins are not green. They're like grayish, purplish. Yeah, yeah. Kind of gray. Um, but eventually, uh, something will be in the water that get, then gets crystallized as the ugliest video game known to man. Uh, Shadow of Mordor? No. Warcraft. No! Okay, Warcraft is pretty ugly. It is not the ugliest game known to man. It's pretty ugly. It's, In terms of fantasy aesthetics, it's the worst. I, I grew up on Warcraft too much to follow you here. It looks terrible. I think Shadow of Mordor looks worse. Okay, I guess Fable looks worse, but yeah, that's a low yeah, fucking Yeah, now bar. we're fucking talking. <laughs> now we're fucking cooking. <laughs> anyway, so Larn's village is attacked... Uh, Right around the same time that uh, Tigra is kidnapped by the orcs. He plays dead and escapes. He plays dead and escapes. He plays dead two or three times in this movie. I think it's two times. I think it's, it's two weird times. that it happens twice. It's weird that it happens twice. <laughs> anyway, he meets up with Tigra by accident, and they end up traveling together a little bit. They're also going to become a couple. I know that it's shocking. Mm, yeah. They're also both in their underwear for the whole movie. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. This movie starts off with it being at the end of the Ice Age. Uh-huh. Which, pin in that, that I'm actually, I'm going to focus on that right now, is that it's not the end of the Ice Age. <laughs> it's actually the beginning of the current interglacial period, mm-hmm. because we're still in an Ice Age right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. But I just... I just think about that every time somebody says the Ice Age. I'm like, do you mean the interglacial period? Uh huh. There's words for these things. Yeah, Ice Ages are way longer. Yeah. Um. So everyone kind of looks cavemanny. Everyone kind of looks hunter gathery, but until <laughs> but also they seem to be in environments where you wouldn't be. In your underwear. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're out in the desert or like near the equator. Yeah, they're in like swamps and stuff. Yeah, you want boot. Yeah. And it's like weird because... They have like, boot. They have boots. They have they boots. They just have, don't have pants. He has like a leather holster for his knife. 
something that kept bothering me, by the way, is that people in this movie kept picking up knives from, like, dead orcs or whatever. They're not orcs. They're subhumans. I, it's a really gross racist term, and I'm probably going to stick with orc. <laughs> um, so, so people keep, like, like, <clears throat> okay, Tigra is kidnapped, and she's escaping, and she takes a knife from a dead orc. And then, while she's escaping, she throws the knife away. And I'm like, I would hold on to the knife. She You're... also tries to cut through a chain with it, so I don't know. She's not very bright. <laughs> this, You know, again, this is the genre space. This is the genre space. You can't get away from it to, to a certain extent. Uh, she is a damsel in distress mm-hmm. of the classic variety. Yes. Um... She has a couple tricks she pulls to get away from people, but for the most part, she does get, you know... Captured. Captured, hauled around, chained up, etc. Um, so she travels with Larn for a little bit, and then, um, like, he goes to, like, forage for food, and he meets a guy named Dark Wolf. I, I forget how he meets Dark Wolf, but they're briefly separated, Tigra and Larn. And Larn meets Dark Wolf, and Dark Wolf well, is like... Larn gets knocked out. Larn gets knocked out. That's right. <laughs> and when he wakes up, he's tied to this frame. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Wolf says the hardest shit in the world. What does Dark Wolf say? Remind me. Um, if you want to, if you're going to kill the Ice King boy, you have to learn to live with pain. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the sickest voice in the fucking world, dude. Steve Sander. This is my fucking dude right here. They should have got this guy to voice Batman. Um, because uh, he's just like, if you're gonna defeat the Ice King boy, <laughs> he's so fucking cool, dude. He's only in like ten movies, it looks like. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So so Larn and uh Tigra are separated, and now Larn is traveling with Dark Wolf, and they're trying to catch up with her. Um, A lot of this movie is people running through the wilderness. Yes. Toward each other, away from each other, etc. Trying to get back to Firekeep. Should we talk about like the the visuals of this movie real quick? Yeah, because we haven't. It talked... won't take long. So so the 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 people are all rotoscoped, or sometimes some of them are just animated. Yes, but there's a lot. There's a heavy use of rotoscoping. Yes, I Most... just noticed that like in the cast, some characters don't get a performance model. Well, I think I think in, for some of these people, um, the performance model and the voice actor are the same person. Oh, okay. No, the, some of them are just blacked out. Okay. So there are some minor characters that are just animated guys. Okay. Um, not a big deal. Not a big deal. So heavy, heavy rotoscoping on this movie. And then the backgrounds are all these really interesting oil paintings that don't really, like, create a sense of place so much as, like, evoke, like... It creates a sense of time. Yes. Yes. I think the most important thing and the most fascinating thing and the most sort of maybe even enthralling thing about this genre space is the emptiness of it. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this time period especially is like the world is open and empty and that emptiness has a beauty to it. Uh-huh. And it is old. It is already old even in this dawn before our world. Mm-hmm. And there's just all this empty space and people just walk through it because there's like you know a couple thousand guys in the world right now Mm -hmm. and this world is so big and empty 
that like anything could be out there. Yeah. But we but there's also like um I don't know. I just is very in, uh interesting and absolutely absolutely appealing as like just like um empty landscapes can be very like striking. Well, and the way they get there is so interesting because there there are background paintings um and you know so we just watched the Rankin Bass Hobbit and it's like here is here is Bilbo's hole. Here is Bag End. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of Bag End, so I just went with Bilbo's hole. Here's Bilbo's <laughs> hole. Here is Bag End. And it is like visibly like it is like a watercolor. That's the difference. Is that a lot of background paintings you see in American animation at this time are gonna be watercolor paintings, you know? Um and these are all oils with very, very, very visible brush strokes. Yeah. And and like like the the thing they do is not like okay, there's a specific shot I'm remembering right now where like the sun is coming up and Lauren is climbing a hill to like look out over the horizon and see what he can see, right? And it's like there's not it's not a painting of the sun it is some brush strokes to suggest here's light here is rays coming out there's like a brush stroke to evoke this is kind of what a rock or a hill might look like you know it's not there's no there's no outlines on things in the background painting yeah there's no like that's the thing is um in the rankin bass hobbit you would draw a bag end and then you would color it with watercolor in this, it is all just from start to finish painting. There's no outlines. There's no, um, none of that, you know? Um, it's really fucking cool looking. Um. And then it's also goofy looking sometimes. It's also goofy looking sometimes. Because the rotoscoping does give a sort of airy weightlessness. Yeah, to there is a, there is the a, there is a lack of physicality to some of the, to a lot of the animation. I don't um, even know who that is. I do not recall this character. This lady in was in was in the movie. I don't know. Who, I don't know who she is. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, they go on some. Adv- Larn and Dark Wolf go on some adventures, and they catch up with the girl, and they get her out of the Ice King's palace, and they go back to the Fire Keep, and then they all fly back into the. They do a. They do a fucking. Um, Star Wars, they rescue the princess, they go back home, they come back with pterodactyls, they fly in, they uh, defeat the Ice King. There's also this other witch. There's also this other witch um, who captures Tigra briefly. And then she's like, oh, fuck, Necron wants this, bitch. Oh, oh fuck, shit. Necron's gonna kill me. Fuck. Ah, okay, God fine. damn it. Call Necron and tell him that I have the girl. Yeah, fuck, this dude's gonna kill me. And guess what Necron does? You'll never believe it. He kills her. But her skeleton, as it's wasting away, finds Larn as he's, like, coming up on the place. And she's like, avenge me! And Larn's like, okay, I will avenge you. And he then la- say that. <laughs> but she's like, avenge me. No, he says... He says, tell me where Necron is so that I can avenge you. He huh, says, well, tell... He tell, doesn't avenge her. Yeah, she's like, hey, can you avenge me? And then later, at the end of the movie, Larn goes and saves the princess while Dark Wolf 1v1s the Ice King. 
<laughs> and it's like, a great scene. It's incredible. Because, cause, like, Dark Wolf has a big fuck-off axe that he's swinging around one-handed. And he just, like... So, Lauren was trying to fight Necron earlier. And, like, Necron has powers where um, he can he can sort of just, like, force push you away, you know? Yeah, he's using telekinesis. He's using telekinesis. And so, like, Lauren tries to stab him, and he's like, Ooh, I've really got to use all my strength to resist the telekinesis, and oh, I've been knocked over. And, and when Dark Wolf tries it, Dark Wolf's got his big fuck-off axe, and he swings, and he's like, Oh, I'm resisting the telekinesis. Bam! <laughs> he does this cool little fake out where he like swings high and then pit like jerks it back and swings back low yeah and so necron tries to block with his sword and he just gets got right in the rib cage yeah it's fucking metal dude (laughs) it's fucking cool necron's Uh, cool necron's cool necron's such a good villain (laughs) he looks like elric he does look like elric um and he's coming He's, coming he's always coming. <laughs> he's like Arnold. <laughs> coming and coming and coming. Um. But you said it, you didn't understand the appeal of barbarian characters. No, no. Okay, so what I said was... When... So, I've not ever really played D&D. But I've, like, almost played D&D a bunch of times. <laughs> a, a tale as old as time. And, and... I, you know, I've played your Elder Scrolls of the world. I've played a lot of, like, RPGs, Western RPGs. Um, I, regardless of the ongoing JRPG discourse, I'm trying to get away from saying things like Western uh, for various reasons. Anyway. I mean, it is useful. It's useful. It is also... There is a specific, like, evolutionary path of game design... Yes. That exists within a lot of, like... I agree. I just... what The thing I am trying to do is trying to be more specific about, like, you know, stuff from the U.S., stuff from Europe. Um, it is mostly an American thing. The European style of RPG it ha- does have a distinct flavor. Right. And, and, and um, I find that calling things East and West um, just sort of divides the world into, like, a dichotomy that is like not true and flattens a lot of um you know like culture across uh asia into like one thing um and like like the term east is like literally just oh yeah orient people, people don't say east they say jrpg yeah yeah J- jrpg i i'm mostly fine with the term jrpg um i i'm People say Western RPG just as a reaction to the phrase JRPG. Exactly, and I think... The, the um, phrase didn't exist until JRPG started being used. There's weird discourse around the term JRPG going on right now, and I think totally divorced from that discourse is what I'm trying to say. I am not engaging in that discourse, because I, I don't really didn't really follow a lot of it. Um, I gathered that people were mad at Jackson for no reason, but that's really all I understood about that's it. That's always happening. That's always happening. <laughs> Be nice to Jackson, everybody. Yeah. Um, and Jackson, be nice to Christopher, please. <laughs> <laughs> please be nice to Christopher. <laughs> please, I'm begging you. <laughs> I need you to do me a solid. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't like saying, like, 
the East or Eastern. That is like a thing I'm trying to excise from a vocabulary. And similarly, I'm trying to excise like Western, you know, because I just don't I don't think the world is like a dichotomy like that. Anyway, anyway, so whenever I have played an RPG and then there's a barbarian character, truly don't get the appeal. I'm like, why would I want because I'm not like a person I don't enjoy being angry like in any way. And so when you talk when you tell me, "Oh yeah, this character goes into a battle rage and he just he's swinging his axe and he's just like fucking people up." I'm like, that's not like appealing to me in any way. Like that 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 does not hold any appeal. Watching Dark Wolf 1v1 Necron, I was like, I get it now. I get why people like barbarian characters now. <laughs> There's a lot of ways you can interpret what is the what is called the sort of barbarian rage yeah because like it's also derives from conan and call mm-hmm. where they would occasionally just like enter this state of superhuman ability right brought on by like violence well and like um they'd get fucked up a little bit and then it'd be like <laughs> like fuck people up well and like Neck or not Necron, like Dark Wolf is very like he's a thoughtful, smart warrior type. And then when it's time to throw down, he'll like He's a little Aragornian. He's a little Aragorn. When it's time to throw down, he'll throw down, but when he's not throwing down, he's very like thoughtful about what it is to be a what it is to be a leader, what it is to be a warrior. Is is he? I don't know. He's like giving Larn advice about the He he's giving Larn advice about the ways of the of of combat or whatever he's he's a very experienced person yes and he has a lot of like roughness due to his experience with not just combat just like danger in the world i guess i just i i i see barbarian characters in like rpgs and they're always dumb guys they're always dumb brutes and dark wolf being like a very smart guy it's just that the thing that he's smart about is swinging his axe around. Yes. You know? <laughs> he knows a lot about how to kill a dude with an axe. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, the model that has... Even, like, who I would consider probably to be a pretty famous uh, modern barbarian-type character, Wolfgar, from the Drizzt books, mm-hmm. is not dumb. Mm-hmm. He's specifically, barbarian is a culture in that mm. setting that mm. is different from the, like, mercantile, mm-hmm. urban uh, sort of communities is outside that, of the Arctic. And is he, that... It's, it's a, like, barbarian tribes and that kind of thing. But right. he's not, like, a dumb guy. Is that in any way connected? Because, like, barbarian, if I remember right, is, like, originally, like, germanic peoples who just didn't like the roman empire or something i think it's just people who didn't speak the same language and they were like oh it sounds like they're just saying bar 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 right yeah i'm pretty sure that's where the word barbarian i think that is i think it just means foreign kind of yeah um unlike you know i guess I, i i the thing i have always perceived in my head was oh Kind of barbarian is this like other and brutish, yeah, and, and and you don't have to you don't have to do you don't have to like make something exotic and stupid. Um, one of the like the dungeon world barbarian 
Mm-hmm. One of their things is that like they get bonus XP when they uh, explain the ways in which their home is different from the world they're in now. Hmm. Um, and also they have a, you know, gargantuan thirst, whether that be for like lust or riches or fame mm. that they're, you know, seeking to mm. the, uh, tread the jewels of the world on sandaled feet. If that's an approximation of a, of a Conan quote. Anyway, let's just appreciate Tigra's dump truck ass. She's got a hell of a dump truck. <laughs> anyway, <It's... laughs> a point that I was going to make earlier is that it looks like they're all caveman types. Uh-huh, yes. But then suddenly guys show up with tunics and cloaks and like, okay, so we're... Oh, this is they have metalworking in here. Okay, uh-huh. makes sense. They're in a fire mountain uh-huh. kind uh-huh. of place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I guess they have some meta- metallurgy, which is... Throws this timeline into some stark confusion, but okay. Uh-huh. That's fine. And then there's like a straight up like 1700s sailboat. Yes. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on a second. Well, and the other thing is they go to like a city, which is like, in some ways, like racial caricature of like Muslim people, you know. Cultural caricature. Yeah. It's uh, even maybe not even a caricature. It is like, like we've described the broad strokes literally of the backgrounds uh-huh. there are no characters in this location we see it from a distance uh-huh. it is just the buildings with like the rounded points yeah like and it's like oh okay i get the vibe of this place even though we're never gonna go in there and like have characters to yeah to. and so it's just it's a very weird little wrinkle in this movie that it's the end of the ice age and all our heroes are white people running around in their underwear but then we just get a glimpse of like like middle what, eastern what pe- appeared to be like just the <laughs> the what is the like middle ages um like what is the the, the ottoman empire maybe kind of yeah like like it's I, weird it's, it's weird. weird and incongruous and i love it <laughs> yeah it's just it's just like oh there there are middle eastern people over there who just have buildings and clothes and metal, and we're gonna go back to like the caveman white people is a weird little wrinkle in this movie. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, for a lot of human history, Europe, mm-hmm. especially Western Europe, was a backwater. Yeah, yeah. And for most of human history, that wasn't where shit was going on. That yes. wasn't where people had their shit together. Yes. But this is supposed to be. I need to stress this. When did the interglacial period begin? 11,000 years ago. (laughs) Before the first kingdom of Egypt, I think. Possibly. (laughs) It's a long time ago. Uh Uh-huh. They didn't have, like... Middle Ages architecture and metallurgy. Yeah. 11,000 years ago. And I hope I haven't, like, stuck my foot in it saying anything insensitive or just incorrect here. It's just a... I just... I don't know anything about history, really. One of the things about Howard's writing Mm -hmm. involves the idea that pre-modern history, there were whole other histories. Mm. Empires rose and fell... 
and there's no evidence left of them, but they existed in the thousands of years before our current record. Mm. And the thing is, is that it's kind of just true, but they didn't, the people who existed before then didn't write their shit down in stone yet, mm-hmm. so we don't know very much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were just thousands of years of humans with cultures because mm. they were just people like us. Yeah. Um, and so when I say that they didn't have metallurgy in this way, I mean they didn't have Iron Age. Mm-hmm tools and shit 11,000 years ago they had other shit that was super cool but it wasn't this yeah and so I, I but i love this idea of like this if you go back before prehistory you just get back to like the middle ages because other societies existed and then fell or mm-hmm. whatever i think that's fun i think that's a fun little part of that genre space but for this movie, it was just kind of weird and jarring to be like, oh, wait, no. What time period is this? And it's like a fantasy movie, but it's like a fantasy movie that's trying to situate itself into a real-world context. Kind of. Kind of. Sort of. And if it had just not done that, it probably would have gotten away with it, you know? You might hear a little awkward cut there as I was coughing and you were turning off the radiator. Hello again, listeners. I've anyway. just been reading a lot of anthropology stuff and, like, mm-hmm. You're great. Some- you're graver pilled. I'm graver pilled. Mm-hmm. Graver zoned. Graver zoned. That's not necessarily a graver thing, but the graver zone. Do 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 do. Um, I grave am, zone. I am in the graver zone, but I'm also in the Paulini zone right now. I know. I um, love that for you. But yeah, this is why I like so much of the sword and sorcery stuff that is like a prehistorical fantasy, just because it's like, yeah, sure, fuck it, any anything could have happened. Hmm. 50,000 years ago, there were just people running around with the same type of human brain that we have. And they had all this culture and art and stuff that isn't preserved at all. Mm. So we'll never know about it. But, like, millions of stories could have just happened. and Yeah. Whole lives happened. Yeah. This movie's fucking cool, dude. This is part um, of why I like uh, this type of fantasy. And this movie was a fun little vision of that and the incongruous timeline stuff is fun for me yeah um it's just neat so why i like assassin's creed unfortunately yeah i did i did um you've been playing a little uh assassin's creed origins mm-hmm. uh and i'm like I, I so i so i played Assassin's Creed 1 and 2, and then I played Brotherhood, and I was like, this is the same game as the last two. I'm bored. And then I didn't play Assassin's Creed again. Um, I sat down and I played Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, Revelations, and 3 within, like, two months, because 3 was coming out. Mm. But you've been playing Origins, and that game looks kind of fun, um, and I'm really interested in the, like, tourism mode, because I don't, I, I don't know anything about Egypt at all. Like... And I'm just, I, <clears throat> you being sort of into, like, anthropology right now, reading, like, anthropolo- anthropology stuff, I'm just, like, I'm realizing, I don't know anything about, like, I know the ins and outs of, like, you know, United States history since, like, 1700s. I can tell you a lot of the broad strokes of, like, this 
you know, the history of the country that exists on colonized land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know anything about any other type of history, really. That's 250 years. That's 250 years. That's such a small slice of history to know anything Even about at all. Even just a written history. Yeah. It's like a 20th? Yeah. Is that right? 1,000 years? Ten, twenty. It's more than that. We got like 10,000, basically. Okay. But like... True. Truly, I know nothing about any of it. I love it. Yeah. I'm learning so many things on the internet. Yeah. Um, this really, podcast went like a lot longer than I thought it would. Not really relevant to Fire and Ice, the Ralph Bakshi movie, but no. This is the mode I'm in, and that's the kind of lens I'm looking at this movie through. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Uh, behind you. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> and either nor. <laughs> All that stays in, I guess, right? Even yeah. the radiator hissing? Yeah. We'll, we'll edit that out. Ashworm on co-host. Ash with an E, worm with a Y. I don't post very much, but I'd like to. Primarily, I just post, Hey, I'm playing D&D tonight. This is what's happening. I'm kind of out on co-host right now. Yeah, you know. It's just hard to remember a second website to pull up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was an app, I would be more on it i'm also i'm also out on twitter right now twitter is specifically like i I realized today i'm like there's a lot of like mental health stuff i'm struggling with that twitter is actively making worse um whereas like co-host i'm like i don't know i just i don't know i'm just not into it right now um anyway i had one last thing maybe yeah uh i know we're doing plugs Mm -hmm. but i could pull up a segment Ooh. If you wanted to close out the podcast. Okay. I have some five-star book reviews Okay, of books you've rated one star on Goodreads. Yes, please. Talk. I was just going to wait for you to come back. I didn't have anything to talk about. Fill the space. I will not. I will edit. I won't edit. Meow, 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 meow. I don't have anything to talk about. I've been talking for an hour and a half. More than that. I've sent you four book reviews of books that you rated one star on Goodreads. And these are five star reviews of books I rated one star? Yes. Okay. Was this real? My god, this was an awesome journey. I wanted to sleep so much, but then I thought, let's start a new comic and continue reading it when I wake up, but I couldn't leave it. It's too awesome to be true. And it ends with a joke. What about that? A lot of feelings, a lot of dark emotions. This is the second best comic I ever read after X-Men God Loves Man Kills. Hashtag graphic novel. This is the second best comic you've ever read after God Loves Man Kills. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? Yes, I know what God Love Man Kills is. <laughs> man door, hook, and car door. I don't... Uh, fucking this means nothing to me. It's the basis of X2. Oh, well then it's probably good. It's way better than X2. <laughs> that, that would be hard. It's very easy, actually. Um, it's a fucking classic movie. Okay. 
Um, anyway, I gave this comic book one star. So the thing that comes to mind immediately is that I rated Happiness one star recently. I might have given it two stars. Um, I don't know what that is. It's just a vampire comic I didn't like. Um, comics? I'm looking at my shelf and nothing you on don't, my shelf. You're not going to have it on your shelf because you rated it one star. Yeah, that's, that's the issue here is that I wouldn't have it on my shelf because I rated it one star. But how often do you rate things one star on Goodreads? Uh... I'll answer that for you. Not very often. It was hard to find four things that I could find good reviews for. Okay. Things I rated one star on Goodreads. Comic book that someone really liked. I don't think I've rated, like, Identity Crisis. Like, Identity Crisis is, like, a good pull here, except I don't think I've rated it. Um... I, I will say you've not utilized all the information that you have at your fingertips in this screenshot this is a review from 2020 uh was this real my god this was an awesome journey i wanted to sleep so much but then i thought let's start a new comic and continue reading it when i wake up but i couldn't leave it it's too awesome to be true and it ends with a joke about that a lot about that and it ends with a joke what about that (sighs) a lot of feelings a lot of dark emotions a lot of feelings a lot of dark emotions I've, I, the, the thing that I'm, the thing I'm drawn toward is like a dark and gritty superhero comic, but I just can't mm. think of what dark and gritty superhero comics I've even rated on Goodreads. Um, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to tap out on this one. I don't know. Your your keyword here was joke. Oh, is this the killing joke? It's the killing joke. Uh, it's the killing joke. Um. <laughs> Damn. Is the killing the killing joke's not a one star, but actually <laughs> the killing joke is a one star book. Actually. Next up, this one you get to see who wrote it because this review is written by Patrick Rothfuss. I got to read an arc of this and it appealed to every geeky part of me. I'll probably write a blog about it later, but for now a brief review. Simply said, this book is fucking awesome. By Patrick Rothfuss written in twenty eleven. Five-star review from Patrick Rothfuss. It's an arc, so I assume it's another um, comic, right? Why? Because comics have arcs. It's an advanced reading copy. Or advanced review copy. Oh! It is not emphasizing arc. Like, I got to read an arc of this. I... It's, uh, it, he got to read a pre-release version of the, of the book. I is this is this Ready Player One? It's Ready Player One. Okay, yeah. This is this is a layup. Now that I figured out it's not a comic book. Now this person's not talking about like Superior Spider-Man, which I definitely didn't rate one star. A brilliant book for a number of reasons, but the main reason above all was that it had soul. You get books that read off the pages like an instruction manual, and then you get books that replace your dreams and inspire you to live. This book triumphantly finds itself in that second category. You have you. You have included in this screenshot show more, and I feel so cheated. Oh, did I? Yeah. I didn't mean to. I feel so cheated. There could have been so much more review to read. Um, I thought that was enough. I thought if there's a book that Autumn hates, that uh, people will say things like this about, you will understand. You get books, and then you get... 
replace your dreams that inspire you to live is this like a neil gaiman book i i I would say close but not neil gaiman yeah i i genuinely the only neil gaiman book i've ever actually finished besides sandman i i I don't i'm not gonna say on his podcast that i finished sandman because i'm not sure about that i think the only one i've actually finished was graveyard book uh which is not a very good book but i did like it enough to finish it the only one i finished was that short story that was like um uh a study in emerald about the like oh yeah, yeah sherlock yeah, yeah, holmes yeah, yeah, cthulhu yeah, yeah, yeah. situation um okay brilliant book for a number of reasons but the main reason above all was that it had soul you get books that read off the pages like an instruction manual replace your dreams so game and adjacent is the author british no okay so adam is the author american yes okay American game and adjacent. I probably actually finished the book if I rated it on Goodreads. Oh, I know you you finished this book. We've talked about it. Oh god. Oh god. Is it that High Republic book? No. Um older. Is this Splinter of the Mind's Eye? No, it's okay. not it's not Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just was like It is a normal book about real world people. I, I figured there was a chance it was High Republic, and then when it wasn't High Republic, I was like, well, let me guess the other Star Wars thing I've rated one star. Book about real people, American author, game and adjacent. I think that this review kind of has the hyperbole of a teenager writing it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I just realized, too, I stole that little uh, turn of phrase from. Uh... There's a friend of mine in real life that I it says sure 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 a lot. Um or also Nuvo Vindi. Yeah. <laughs> God bless Nuvo Vindi. I felt I felt legit sad li- uh listening to um AMCA yesterday and realizing that we were at the end of the Clone Wars for a little while. I'm I'm so happy. I I just I'm, felt I'm ready for Rebels. I, one, I'm excited for them to do Rebels. I'm very excited for them to do Rebels. I'm not excited for them to read fucking Dark Disciple. Yeah, that's gonna be boring. I don't even think I have my copy anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm... John Green. No! <laughs> In it, would you like to guess which John Green book? Oh, is it Looking for Alaska? It is Looking for Alaska. Okay. You know, it's I tried to capture the sort of like cloying when I sort of yeah, um, it's the inspire you to live. That's what should have given it away is the yeah. inspiring you to live. Um, I want to get my one criticism out of the way. It needed a harsher editor. There were too many sentences that ended with dot dot dot. So at the end of the book, I was reading past them and presenting they weren't there. Better editor would have pointed this out. Otherwise, the plot was great. The characters, though there were many, were well-developed and memorable, and the action was exciting and well-paced. Some of the Star Wars books over the years have been truly lame and painful to read, but this was obviously written by a real fan who loves the universe and wanted to do it justice and achieve that. In fact, I'm doing something now that I rarely do. I'm diving right into the second book because I really want to know what happens next. Is this the High Republic book? Yes, this is The Light of the Jedi. When it, when it did the too many sentences that ended with dot, 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 I thought that it was just going to be uh, The Boy with the Striped Pajamas, which is a, a horrendous book. I saw that you had probably, I think you have rated that one star, but I didn't 
I decided not to pull that one for this game. The boy with the striped pajamas is like legitimately like very offensive and terrible and oh not God. really as fun to talk about as uh, John Green's uh, yeah, looking for Alaska. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we're in real White Lotus territory right now because we interrupted the plugs to do another bit. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you another thing that happened during breakfast with my parents. Um, they were telling me a story of while they were on their trip, um, they had an Uber driver, um, and they got to talking to him and, and my stepmother was like, oh, you're Jewish. Uh, I'm Jewish too. And they're talk, talk, talk. And apparently, um, the Uber driver found out that Tanya has a daughter and was trying to then was like, Oh, you have a nice Jewish daughter. You, I have some nice Jewish sons. We should. <laughs> <laughs> and Tanya was like, oh, "There's so many." Like, <laughs> my stepmother is Jewish. I would not describe myself as Jewish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, apparently, apparently this Uber driver was trying to get me set up with uh, <laughs> one of his sons. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. You can go to exportaud.io. That'll take you to the Patreon page where we've got links to all the free feeds for all the podcasts, except I need to update the Patreon page that has exportaud.io slash sci-fi or exportaud.io slash anomalous readings. Maybe anomalous. I don't know. Um, I, I set up exportaud.io slash sci-fi because I often can't spell anomalous. Uh, and so I'm trying to do you, the listener, a favor. Go subscribe to Anomalous Readings. Um, it's a really good podcast. Um, everyone be chill. Everyone be chill. Just for one episode. Just for one episode, I need you to be fucking relaxed about it (laughs) uh one dollar a month you get a bunch of podcasts early such as ornate stairwells or gotham city limits um i gotta watch four episodes of batman oh you'll hate that i it sounds like i will (laughs) just just pretend it's dark wolf pretend it's dark wolf Dark Wolf would not put the Joker in prison, first of all. Yeah, Dark Wolf would have no qualms <laughs> about murdering the Joker with an axe. <laughs> Dark Wolf might not kill Poison Ivy. Why doesn't anybody else ever do that? Everybody is always like, oh. Hit, hit Necron with an axe? Well, because he has powers. <laughs> what I'm saying is, everyone's like, oh, why doesn't Batman kill the Joker? Why doesn't Batman kill why the Joker? Why doesn't anyone else kill the Joker? Why doesn't. Someone else should step up. Like. This is, there's a if they convicted Joker of crimes and executed him with state power, Batman would not stop them. Yeah, right? Right. Well, I like someone else. I mean, there's a there's a Marvel comic I remember reading one time where Nick Fury uh, he's sending the Avengers out on a mission and he calls um I think it's Wolverine into his office and is like, "Look, the other Avengers don't believe in killing people." I'm putting you on this mission because I need an MF dead. <laughs> and Wolverine's like, all right, let's go, dude. <laughs> I read a, a book once. I only started it, but it was a team where it was X. It was um, Wolverine, Deadpool, uh, Angel. Oh, is this X-Force? Psylocke. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
Phantasmo. What's his name? Phantasmo. Phantom. Phantasm. Phantom X. Phantom X. There we go. <laughs> we got there. We should. We should start an X Men podcast. No. <laughs> What if we get divorced? (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't start an X-Men podcast because I would be insufferable. Yeah, you and I just like different types of X-Men stuff. and I very specifically like three X-Men movies that nobody wants to talk about anymore. Yeah. So, what good am I on an X-Men podcast, really? We could... We could just start with the 90s, is the thing we could do. We could not read X-Men. I'm just saying that if we were doing an X-Men thing, we could just start X-Men 1991 when Claremont leaves. I know that you're always giving Claremont handies on the pods, but... I'm saying we could start with (laughs) after he leaves. (laughs) We could just start there and just be like, all right, let's move forward from the aftermath of all that shit. We'll go read X-Force in the Age of Apocalypse. And whatever else. I'm good. You're good. That's fine. You're allowed to be good. (laughs) I've had my X-Men. Yeah. My X-Men happened and then they got rebooted. And now it's like over again. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, the X-Men that I liked are done with now. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm good. Nobody's making goth rogue anymore. No. They're all fucking fools. I feel like people are probably still making goth rogue. Every time I see rogue, she got the fucking poofy hair and jumpsuit that looks awful. So, sorry. What if we just watched X-Men Evolution? We could do that, I guess. I've watched so many fucking children's cartoons over the years, though. And yet, you're the one trying to get me to watch the RoboCop children's cartoon and podcast about it. Yeah, because I'd rather watch 12 episodes of that than 100 episodes of 40-minute long episodes of RoboCop. I just I just think we could do a pilot of the RoboCop show. That's all I'm saying. He's not a plane. Anyway, goodbye, everybody. This podcast is over. Five-star runtime, baby. Five-star runtime.
Just a 